If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk about all the AEW news surrounding their debut on TNT and speak to one of their number one contenders, for the All Elite Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship, as well as welcome a member of the Samoan Dynasty to the studio. All Elite Wrestling announced their debut on TNT will be Wednesday, October 2nd, from the nation's capital, and will be live weekly every Wednesday. We'll talk about the positives and the challenges they'll face with weekly live TV and what they'll need to do to attract a large audience. Plus, an exclusive interview with the man who will face Chris Jericho at All Out to become the first AEW World Heavyweight Champion, Hangman Adam Page. Also, he's one of the youngest members of the Samoan Dynasty and has just become the MLW World Heavyweight Champion. Jacob Fatu of Contra Unit stopped by the studio for a rare interview. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. I want to go back to... Uh, The press release that was sent out yesterday, and I just want to read you a little bit of it, Bully. It says, Warner Media announced today, obviously this was yesterday, that the new professional wrestling league, All Elite Wrestling, AEW, will begin airing its two-hour weekly matches on TNT on Wednesday, October 2nd from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern. The highly anticipated action-packed matches will take place in different cities across the nation each week on Wednesday, starting in Washington, D.C. at the famed Capital One Arena. Ticket pricing and on-sale date for the televised live event will be announced on Monday, July 29th at 12 p.m. via AEW social media platforms. couple interesting things right off the bat from that press release is... They you know, people were wondering where this was going to be filmed. Was it going to be one location? We know now it's going to be different locations every week. And the first show is going to be in a 15,000 plus seat arena. I don't know if that's going to be the case every week. It's going to be interesting to see exactly where they're going to be filming these episodes. Um, I mean, if it was up to me, if I was uh, giving any advice to anybody over there, I would say make sure every single arena is sold out every week. And how do you do that? Maybe a scale down just a little bit. We could, pro- we could probably infer that AEW could most likely sell out 5,000 to maybe 10,000 seats every Monday. Um, I'll keep it on the lower end. I, I would say probably 5,000. Okay, so let's keep it on the lower end. But a 5,000-seat arena can look amazing. Yes. When shot the right way. Well, let's, let's, the proof is in the pudding, as I always like to say. A couple weeks ago when they had Fight for the Fall, and that was in a 5,000-seat venue, and I thought that looked absolutely gorgeous on TV. And that was an amphitheater. That was the first time they ever do, did that, and I think that's opening up the wrestling world for a new type of venue to go into. Great job by Tony Khan and a really funny story how he, 
you know, yeah, he saw an episode of South Park. Yeah. Uh, no, no, not South. Yeah, South Park, right? Yep, South Park. Yeah, and uh, and uh, remembered a scene from South Park, and that's why they did it in an amphitheater. Uh, I will agree with you. Keep it at 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 seats, small arenas. Jam them in so you can shoot that marquee every single Monday night, and it says AEW sold out. It's so important to, to, for people to know that every single Monday night is sold out and then you gradually get bigger and bigger. You don't want to bite off more than you can chew. You don't want to be a company like AEW that has the entire wrestling world talking and now you go into an arena that's so big. Now you, you have some empty seats and people are taking pictures of empty seats and doing all that stupid stuff. Yep. The first gig is in a. How many people does this uh, this first building hold? It's it's over fifteen thousand. Will they sell it out? I think they will. Yes. It, it it will be it will be an event much like all in or all out. It'll be a destination event, don't you think? Yes, I I, I think like again that continued buzz because again history is being made. Like history was made with all in. History is made with Double or Nothing. History is going to be made because they could say, hey, this is going to be the first ever historic AEW TV show. So good luck to them putting a lot of people in that uh, arena, selling it out. I was, it was very curious to me to see their poster. When you look at the poster that they put out yesterday on social media promoting the event, who's the biggest star in AEW? Looking at the po- like the the one that kind of jumps to my, I have to go. I have to bring it up here. I have to bring it up. But Cody's the one that kind of jumped to my mind. Cody was all the way to the far left. Who was really? in the middle of the poster? I mean, Cody me- was to the far left. Moxley was to the far right, and smack dab in the middle, a little bit bigger than anybody else. Chris Jericho. And and, and that's pretty smart, isn't it? But you is I'm asking you, is it? I mean, I he's the name that probably most people know more than any other. I, I totally agree. But in putting Chris Jericho on the middle of the poster, I'm just asking for opinions here, people. Are you relying on a WWE guy? I, I think he kind of signifies a little bit of what this company is all about. Freedom, creativity, reinventing himself. I think he's a good symbol of what this company's goal ultimately is. Because here's the here's the thing. Let's just break it down really quick because you're talking about the promotional poster. And you mentioned Cody's to the left. Kenny Omega is all the way to the right. Moxley and everything else. Is Kenny Omega a big enough name to have front and center on that poster? No. Cody Rhodes, and listen, in the world of pro wrestling, Cody Rhodes is a huge name. Is Cody Rhodes big enough to be in the middle of that poster? He would be my third choice based on name notoriety around the world. Okay. Now, with evolution, youth movement, you want to have new superstars. And he's going to be our guest today at 10 a.m. Would Hangman Page be the right person to put in the middle of that poster? No. So it really does come down to Moxley and Chris Jericho, if you but, think about it. And, and again, it falls into that same thing that you're talking about, two former WWE superstars. Does the poster um, give you the feeling or insinuate 
that Jericho is the biggest star in the company. Yes. Okay. I'm just asking your opinion on it. I'm not saying that I like it or don't like it. I just found it interesting that Jericho is the middle of the poster. Because right. you know the middle of the poster basically subconsciously tells you is this is the guy. All right. So the poster tells you Jericho is the guy. The perception is Jericho the guy is the guy. Let me ask you, is Jericho the guy? If if somebody was to come up to you, Bully, and say, who's the biggest superstar that AEW has, what would your answer be? It's got to be, it's a tie to me between Jericho and Moxley. See, I, I would probably go with Jericho. Uh, it's a, The only reason I'm saying Moxley is because of that, that, um, that new passion and excitement that he brings to the company. Jericho's been around much longer than Moxley. Jericho, without a doubt, known all over the world. You know what? In in talking about it with you, yeah, you got to go with Jericho. It has to it, be it, Jericho. It, 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 is the mo- it, it is the answer. Moxley, I guess, is the freshest steam to the company. Yeah, and, and again, deserves to be on the poster. I just don't know if he should be... Uh, front and center. Interesting thing, too, with this press release, there was a big article in Forbes magazine, and it says that industry insiders are anticipating an audience of around 400 to 500,000 for AEW's television premiere on TNT. Interesting number because we talk about the low ratings for the WWE, but obviously those numbers would be much lower than you see on Raw and SmackDown. But there's an upside. Because that's telling you that the industry insiders aren't expecting a huge audience for AEW. So that's going to be to their advantage. Because if they do fall in between that 400, 500 number, it's going to be, hey, this is what was expected. This is what we thought was going to happen. I think they have a really good chance of getting a higher number than that. Here's an interesting comparison. Whenever I throw those polls up on social media at the end of Monday Night Raw or the end of a WWE pay-per-view, I normally get between 10,000 and 15,000 responses or votes on the poll. For the AEW poll, I got just over 5,000 responses, which, te- which kind of is comparative to what you just said about what industry insiders predict. Mm-hmm. I actually think that's on the low side but then again, I thought Raw would do do a bigger rating with the returning legends, and you hit you you know you were dead on balls accurate. You said about three million, and you were right. Man, is 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 five hundred thousand viewers for a brand new wrestling company with major star power, major money, major production value behind it on an easily accessible network like TNT? Is that a good number? Uh, I think it is, and here's why, Bully. Other than NBA basketball, could you name me anything that's on TNT? Yeah, but you, but you, but if you have TNT, and if this is advertised the correct way before October second comes out, you're going to drive people to TNT. So True. It, 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 it's not about what's on TNT. If there's nothing on TNT that I want to see, then I'm not tuning into TNT. But if I have this brand new wrestling company with Chris Jericho and, 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 and Moxley and the Bucks and Cody and Omega and this big production value and yada, 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 why wouldn't I tune in? Well, but here's the thing. You mentioned the 
the Raw reunion on Monday, and we're expecting a big pop because they're having all these returned superstars. And it did for, you know, not as big as you thought it was going to be, but it was a decent pop for Monday's show. When they're looking at AEW, they're looking at it in a completely different way. Here's a new company with a roster with names that a lot of people are not going to be familiar about. So they're looking at this as we're going to start off low and it's going to build as time goes on. I don't think they're looking at this like the way we looked at Raw Reunion. Put it on, huge pop, people are going to be into it. They're probably thinking that, hey, maybe it'll gain some curiosity that people will tune in to start, but they're hoping in time that that number is going to get bigger. Do you think AEW will go fishing in the WWE pool? Meaning, do you think they will put ads for the first Wednesday night show on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown? If they were smart, they would. So when you take a look at their social media presence, when you take a look at the fact that they advertised shows on TNT during basketball games, um, I'm sure they're going to have a full media blitz leaving, leading up to October 2nd. With all of those things, it just feels like 500000 is low. I'm, well, I, I, guess I'm, I, I guess I'm a lot more optimistic but maybe I'm being a bit foolish. Well, you know what? I, I was wrong last week. You were right. So maybe I should go with what, you, what you're saying. Bully, I have a neighbor that I see all the time. He's a big pro wrestling fan, right? Watches Raw and SmackDown each and every week. And then whenever I'm trying to get to my car to go someplace, he corners me and starts bitching and moaning for about Raw and SmackDown for 30 minutes. God forbid I, I'm able to get someplace on time because this guy grabs me because he knows I do, I do a wrestling show. I hope, you do not, the wrestling I, hope show. I hope he's not listening right now. The wrestling show. So I said, so thank you very much, boy. You're right. The wrestling show. But here's the thing. I was talking to him about AEW, and he said to me, he goes, What's AEW? I said, It's a new organization. It's just they're starting October 2nd. They're going to be on TNT. It's like, who's going to be on that? I never heard of it before. And it hit me. Yeah, there's there, most wrestling fans don't even know what AEW is because they're used to just watching a product on Mondays and Tuesdays. Not everybody listens to podcasts. Not everyone listens to Busted Open. Not everybody's reading the dirt sheets. If you're just a WWE fan that watches Raw and SmackDown, what, why would you know about AEW? Exactly. That's why I think they need to go fishing in the WWE they have ocean. To. They have to. And, and who do you put on that commercial? Who's at the forefront of that commercial? Just like that poster, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. You um, put Jericho and Moxley at the forefront because that's who WWE fans can associate with. And if there is a WWE fan out there that's been living under a rock for the past six months to a year, and now all of a sudden you see that, wow, I want to go check out Jericho. And especially this guy, Dean Ambrose who now calls himself John Moxley. Well, and, and here's the thing is that if you're if you're a WWE fan and you're not and you're like my neighbor, you're going to see that commercial and say, "Oh shit, just Chris Jericho. Where the hell's he been? Dean Ambrose? I could see Dean Ambrose. I thought he retired. He's actually wrestling someplace?" I, you have to go down that route. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. When AEW debuts October 2nd on TNT, 
is Hangman Page going to be your first AEW world champion? And we'll find out August 31st at All Out. But the man himself joins us here on Busted Open. We haven't talked to him in a while, Bully. We talked to him at All In in September, and we're going to find out what happens at the end of August, at the end of the summer, where he is come October. Let's bring him in right now. Hangman, Adam Page. Sir, how are you today? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? We're awesome. And listen, man, when we start off a show like today and we got a full bank of calls of people excited about what's going to take place October 2nd and excited that you're going to be on, it's always a good day. Hell yeah. Well, let's start with it. Let's start with the big news. And it broke yesterday. And obviously it broke 60 seconds after we said goodbye on our show yesterday. But (laughs) AEW premiering October 2nd on TNT live two hours a week. I mean, you got to be excited about the news. I am, man. Yeah, I mean, it's huge, you know, and I guess for, like, diehard wrestling fans, um, it really doesn't make that much of a difference. People who, like, you know, watch Ring of Honor on their local station or or watch New Japan on New Japan World or, you know, those people who go to, like, great links to watch wrestling, it's kind of like, okay, you know, cool, I was going to watch it anyway. But uh, I think for the wrestling industry, it's a a huge thing that someone like my – my uncle who just flips through the channel and, and, and finds wrestling on TV, that's what this can be for them as well uh, to reach like a, a much bigger audience. So um, for us, you know, this is uh, huge. Hangman, I want to jump right into your match against Jericho coming up at All Out. Two-part question. What has been the biggest match of your career so far? Oh, man. Um, you yeah, know, oh, that's a good one. Man, I don't know. You know, maybe, uh, honestly, maybe some of those matches in the G1 last year, you know, against, I guess, like, Tanahashi and Okada. Uh, I guess maybe some of those. I guess maybe Okada was the the bigger one, Um, you know, former champion at that point, uh, main event of Cork. And so maybe, maybe that. Okay, so you're talking about main event in Corrigan Hall, which is, as as we all know, or some people don't know, is basically the Madison Square Garden of Japan when it comes to name notoriety. So you're in there with Tan- guys like Tanahashi and Okada. Do you think that helps you being in a match with one of the biggest stars of all time like Chris Jericho? And is there any level of mental intimidation knowing that you're in there with a guy who has been doing this probably, you know, twice as long or three times as long as you have? Uh, you know, yeah, that, that helps a ton because, you know, going through something like the G1, G1 wrestling, those guys and wrestling, somebody like Suzuki or whatever, like, you know, if if you, you go through that and you're fine, I don't know how the hell I'm supposed to be intimidated now. Uh, obviously, the, the stage is bigger. Uh, the stakes are bigger. Um and, I mean, the opponent in Jericho, yeah, maybe he has a, more of a household name, but as far as uh, being a wrestler, you know, this is, this is what it is. So, I, you know, I think that does uh, prepare you for some. You know, Adam, you know, Bully and I interviewed you just before All In. It was, like, you know, it was August 31st. Actually, we had you at our podium on our show, and we were interviewing you. And now here we are, fast forward, and August 31st, All Out, again, sold out. Just talk about the ride that you've taken over this last year, from where we were when we sat and talked to you to where we are right now. 
Uh, it's been great, you know, to, I guess, be hands-on in, in, in launching the company. You know, I'm not uh, – when they were handing out the EVP titles, I, I didn't get one. Uh, but I've kind of, I guess, been there for the ride uh, and to figure out, you know, what what this thing will be. Um, and it's been great. I mean, it's, it's obviously been good for my professional career. Uh, but I think the thing I've enjoyed more than anything is uh, knowing that the decisions I made, you know, what I was doing in those, those moments over the past few months would hopefully help build a, a home for, for, you know, hundreds of other wrestlers um, who maybe didn't have one before or, you know, maybe couldn't have made money at, at it like this before or, you know, didn't have that kind of exposure. Uh, and to know that, you know, the decisions I was making in my professional career were ones that could potentially impact tons of other guys who have always deserved the break. Hey, man, um, obviously you're going to be gunning for that first ever AEW World Championship against Jericho at All Out. Can you still get over if you don't go over? Uh. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, obviously, uh, my plan and my plan from the beginning has been to win and be the first champion. Um, but, yeah, I, I think so. You know, I mean, people want to to watch and have characters that they can, they can you know, follow the character stories over, over long periods of time and, and relate to them in, in some way. Um, you know, I don't think someone has to win every single match to create you know, a, a connection with the fans. I mean, my career is a testament to that. I, I'm pretty sure I had a pretty piss poor record as far as wins and losses, even in Ring of Honor. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think that's necessarily the thing that gives you a connection to fans. You just brought up <clears throat> your win-loss record. Cody has gone on record to say that wins and losses matter. Do you feel the same way in pro wrestling that wins and losses do matter? Uh, yes, I do. Um, and I mean, I guess that sounds contradictory to what I was just saying. Um, I, I think that they matter in the confines of, you know, if, if you lose this match, what, what happens to you next? You know, where do you go in positioning up and down the card, whatever, things like that. Uh, but in connecting with, with fans, uh, I don't, I don't think that they necessarily do in that way, I guess. You know, Hangman, as wrestling fans, sometimes, you know, we take things for granted and, and, you know, we move on to the next day without even reflecting, man. But talking to you right now, I can't help but reflect because when, when all in took place, everybody was making a huge deal about a sold out arena of 10,000 fans, something that we hadn't seen for decades. And here we are, like, we're talking about a new company on TNT, live programming each week. You know, all AEW has been able to do over the past 10 months is sell out buildings. I mean, like, this has really completely changed the landscape of pro wrestling. Do you really feel that with AEW, with this company, that this is truly a new evolution for pro wrestling? Yeah, I think so, honestly. Um, you know, and, and hopefully it'll be, uh, will increase wrestling's outreach to, you know, just, just normal people flipping through the channels mm-hmm. on TV, you know. I guess when I talk to, um, you know, like friends and family and stuff back home who they don't know anything about wrestling, but when they bring it up, they, they bring up, you know, the things that they maybe used to watch and things that they used to love and, 
And I guess that they feel that they can't find those things anymore and they don't bother looking for them. Um, so hopefully, you know, having a fresh start with a new company on a new channel, things like that, um, you know, people will give it a chance. And I honestly feel like we can give them something that they have not had in a long time. Hangman, the outlook for, for AEW right now um, is really good. I mean, there's a lot of great light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, between All In, Fighter Fest, Fight for the Fall, and I'm sure All Out is going to be a great show. I'm sure you guys are going to have a great debut on TNT. But is there anything that you see <clears throat> that concerns you about the company right now? Is there anything that you feel that AEW can be doing better right this moment that'll make it a better <clears throat> product on TNT? Um, you know, honestly, uh, to, I, and I like to be fair and honest, um, it's it's kind of hard to say or hard to draw too many real criticisms, you know, because I guess the, the crux of what All Elite Wrestling will be will be a weekly television program. I mean, that, that is at its core what it will be. And we haven't had one of those shows yet. I mean, the, the three shows that we have had are almost kind of precursors to, to a real, I guess, launch. Um, so it's kind of hard to say. Obviously, um, there are a lot of people doing this who have never done this before. There are a lot of wrestlers who have never had to worry about a commercial break during their match or a lot of people who have never produced a wrestling show before or, or booked one or whatever. Um, so they're learning curves, I think. And I, I mean, obviously there'll, there'll be some ups and downs. There'll be some mistakes. Um, but not having had that first TV show, which is at its core, what this is, it's kind of hard to give you a specific that makes sense. Uh, would it be fair to say that this will be a company, uh, a wrestling company where wrestlers themselves will dictate the creative direction of the company? You know what? I yes, I think that is um, maybe one of the more shocking, or I guess I, just maybe something people aren't necessarily used to. You know, and then we've done what three shows, but I've done a handful of other like pre-taped promos or you know appearances and blah blah blah, whatever. I haven't for the first time ever uh, had anyone tell me what I was supposed to say. Um, I'm you know I'm just doing what I want to do. Uh, these kind of things are in my hands. Obviously, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think anyone has 100% complete control over what they're doing at any time, right, obviously. Um, but I think giving more power back to the wrestlers to be creative because, you know, I, I think more than just competing in the ring, like I, I like being creative and it's, it's uh, you know, hard to do that if, if, you know, you're not allowed to. So I think that all elite, you know, Letting some of those wrestlers have that kind of input, man, that's massive. You know, Hangman, and and, and I do this a lot when talking about AEW. I actually brought it up before you came on. You know, my daughter's an AEW fan. Her friends who are wrestling fans are AEW fans. Why? My daughter's 16. She's always on the phone. So, you know, was this the foundation of this company? Like, the way that you've been able to really reach out to a fan base that in essence has been lost with pro wrestling. When you talk about 16, 17, 18 year olds, you were able to capture those fans because of social media and because of the series on YouTube. Was that the foundation of this company? Like, was that on purpose? You know, I feel like the foundation of the company is Nick's cell phone, Nick Jackson's cell phone. 
because from that, you know, starting being the elite, that, you know, eventually launched all in and eventually launched all elite wrestling. It, it really, I guess it goes back to two core things. Uh, Nick Jackson's cell phone and the ability to put out content for people anywhere, anytime, anything you wanted to do. Uh, and I think most importantly is the honest friendship and I guess love for being creative and love for wrestling that, you know, a group of people can share together. Um, when I think about like all just the stupid stuff we did on being the elite that, you know, it was honestly just us, us staying up at all hours of the night, just laughing and coming up with, with stuff we thought was funny to entertain ourselves uh, and putting it out there and, you know, leading to this. Um, I think that's a huge testament to, you know, what can really happen if you allow people's passions to grow. Hangman, it was reported, I guess, I don't know, six, eight, nine months ago, whenever you made your decision that the WWE had shown interest in you. Is that correct? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, but I want to ask you a fair question here. Was it, sure. it, was it a difficult decision or an easy decision to choose AEW over the WWE? Um, you know, I, I would like to say it was difficult so that I can sound as if, you know, I'm level-headed and weighed my options well. And honestly, I think I, I did weigh my options well. But, um, you know, at, at some point, um, you know, when you feel like you, you've made it far enough in your career or, you, you know, you feel financially stable enough that, um, you know, maybe money is even the most important thing. Um, and with All Elite, I felt that, you know, I had the opportunity to, you know, do something huge for my own career, but damn, just to have fun with my friends and to provide, um, to provide something for a ton of other guys who, you know, this, this kind of exposure wouldn't have existed without us committing to it. Um, so it's something we kind of decided to do together. Uh, and I was, I mean, honestly, that was, that was an easy decision. And, and you know, what? I could tell why, because you know what you had with AEW and what you have is you're a main event wrestler. You're in the main event you know, at all out. I mean, there's a good chance you're going to be the face of this company come October 2nd when you debut on TNT. I mean, first well, of all, you know, go ahead. I, I do want to speak on that. Uh, I guess that wasn't part of my decision making at all. Um, going into all the wrestling, signing that paper for the first time, committing, said, hey, this is what I want to do. That wasn't part of it for me. Okay. Um, I honestly, I honestly didn't expect to end up here. Uh, it's certainly not why I decided to do this because I thought I would be here. Um, this just felt like the right thing to do. I mean, there's a, a cascading sequence of events that have gotten us here, um, but this certainly wasn't, you know, I didn't think, oh, well, if I sign up with this company with my buddies, like I'm, I'm sure to be a top guy. That wasn't a thing at all. Honestly, that was the least of my concerns, really. Well, and, and, and you're looking at it, 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 it's interesting you brought that up because when I bring that up as far as you being in the main event and when I think about you being the face of this franchise come October 2nd and you bring up your friends, I'm not even looking at it that way. I'm looking at it, you, you deserve to be there, number one. And number two, I love the character you portray. And let's face it, that character probably wouldn't work with the WWE. So I think it has a tremendous upside because this character clicks and has chemistry with the audience. You're taking a big question going to the WWE, a, a much greater uh, element of success by choosing AEW. 
Yeah, you know, maybe so. You know, I'm, I'm, I guess with with what all elite wrestling's fan base is in its beginning. You know, they, they were fans of being the elite. They're fans of us from the beginning. So it's, it's an audience that largely knows me. Um, but you know, again, I, I really felt like in the decision making that like that wasn't mm-hmm. really a thing. You know, that wasn't a consideration of mine. But I, I mean, should have helped. You know. <laughs> Hangman, tell me another talent in AEW that people um, might not know about that you are excited to see um, the world start to know about. Um, hmm, that's a good question. Uh, man, you know what? This is this is a weird one. Um, but uh, those OWE guys from China. Um, and I know we haven't featured them a lot yet and the things like that, but I think once TV gets running, I mean, these are, these are dudes in a, in a wrestling factory in China who's going to be coming over to America and doing, I mean, some crazy Kung Fu stuff. I mean, unlike anything you've ever seen before. Um, and honestly, I don't know enough about it to speak a lot about it, but I know this shit is wild. Uh, so I am excited to see it myself and I'm excited for, you know, how wrestling fans react to it because I mean, it's honestly just from, from what I know, just something completely different than anything you've ever seen in wrestling before. You, you know, hang me. You talk about something completely different. If you win that match against Jericho at all out and you're the AEW world champion and we start October 2nd on TNT and you're the champion, like I said, face of the franchise, you know, this is going to change your world because not only is there going to be some pressure on you because you're the guy, you're the man, and now this big jump to live TV every week, but also you're going to be the guy that's doing the morning radio shows, you know, when you're promoting pay-per-views, when you're promoting the show. Like, are you ready for that? Are you ready for this big of a jump? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like, I, obviously I know Jericho. Uh, his name is more recognizable than mine right now, obviously, to, to a casual fan flipping through the channels. Um, I get that. Um, but, you know, this is this is a new, this is a, the athletic, a young, fresh, just like up-jump wrestling company. Uh, and that's kind of what I am. Um, I feel like the, the idea of being the face of the company, things like that, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't get that. I don't, I don't think that's really a thing that, that there is a guy, you know, it's, it's the face of everything. Okay. Um, Obviously, as champion, you kind of you are the top guy in that moment in time. Um, but I feel like with this kind of new, you know, fresh company, I'd be a good guy to maybe be that first champion. Hangman, uh, I was talking about the positives and the negatives of AEW when the fir- the show first started today, and I really don't think there's been a lot of negative. One of the small things that got backlash over the past couple of weeks was the Sean Spears chair shot to Cody Rhodes, the unprotected chair shot to Cody Rhodes' head. There were many people that had a problem with it. Personally, I had no problem with it. Do you have a take on the situation? Um, you know, honestly, I'm a, I don't want to say out of the loop. Uh, I guess I'm out of the loop on the drama around it. Um, but I mean, I guess as a, as a broader idea, if you said something that got a lot of backlash, uh, I've always felt that the, I guess the measure of, of someone or something in this instance, isn't necessarily 
what they do one time. Uh, it's it's whether they learn from it, you know, listen to it, uh, and grow from it. So if it's something that got a lot of backlash, you know, whatever, for any number of specific reasons, um, I think the, the measure is truly what happens next. Uh, there, honestly, I don't know. I don't know what will happen. Uh, but honestly, I, I feel like that's, you know, how people should maybe judge a situation. You know, Hangman, obviously the big story today that broke – Yesterday afternoon, TNT, Wednesdays, October 2nd, live, 8 to 10. That first show on October 2nd in Washington, D.C. at the Capital One Arena. Huge place. Listen, AEW's used to playing in sold-out arenas. But moving forward after that first show, what would you like to see? Would you would you like to be in you know ten to fifteen thousand seat arenas moving forward? Should it be three to five thousand seat venues? Like, what are you looking forward to past October second? Uh, honestly, I'd like to be in a hundred thousand seat arena every week, um, and I think anybody else would. Um, realistically, you know, the the wrestling fan base only has so many people in it, uh, especially since. For the, the average person, they don't even know who we are. We haven't even been on TV yet. Um, so it's going to take a little while to get that momentum going in terms of being relevant in just a casual person's eyes. Um, I don't know. I, I feel very, very confident about uh, the first TV filling up. Um, beyond that, I, you know, it's hard to say. Um, I think, though, it's more important in my mind to fill up an arena than it is to have a big arena. Um, you know, I feel like we have a lot of momentum and a lot of energy and a lot of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We, we, we do have a lot of momentum. So okay. to kind of keep, keep that going, uh, I really feel like, you know, you know, whatever size the building is, if, keep them filling up. Well, you know what? AEW is doing a good job of that. August 31st. I mean, AEW all out, sold out, uh, getting closer to October 2nd in that building. I mean, really looking forward to it. And, and listen, Hangman Page, I got to be honest with you. Thank you, because it just gives more pro wrestling to our world. And I think for the most part, everyone's excited for October 2nd. Again, live on TNT every single week. And good luck against Chris Jericho, August 31st. And hopefully the next time we talk to you, we're going to be talking to the new AEW world champion. We'll do it, man. Hey, I want to uh, I want to mention this real quick because I need a little help with this one. Uh, I've been trying desperately uh, for for weeks to get a horse for all out to ride to the ring, uh, and I've gotten shut down at every single turn by every single person. So if there's anybody out there listening and thinks that sounds like a good idea, please uh, please let everyone at All Elite Wrestling know and see if we can, you know, do something about it. Dave, you got a horse, right? Uh, my my oh, ex-wife yeah, I, sometimes <laughs> would be called the horse. <laughs> Will they let me bring it into the building and ride <laughs> <laughs> and, and do me a favor too, Hangman Page. I know your goal is to win the AEW World Championship, yada yada yada. But what I need you to do is just beat the shit out of MJF for me, please. <laughs> Shut that guy I, uh, up. You know, hopefully I'll circle back around to it. Um, <laughs> this dude, man, wow, what a what a mouth on that guy. That dude can talk, um, and I know that he talks a lot about being uh, better than you, honestly wrestled him once in a four-way so it's kind of hard to kind of hard to say I, I would like to to wrestle him and see if 
you know, he'd got anything behind his mouth. I got one last quick question. Somebody on social media just asked, are you in full ring gear right now for this interview? Yeah. <laughs> I figured he's got the rope around his neck. I, I, as I'm talking to him, I figured he's got the, the whole rope and everything else. And the bo- uh, Hangman stuff. Page, man, thank you so much, and good luck with everything. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. New MLW World Heavyweight Champion. Fatu, I mean. What's happening? What's happening, What's going man? on? Man, we live and direct. New York City, what's going on? And obviously. Bust M- it open. Bust it open, baby. <laughs> He's ready. Yeah. He, you're, you're ready. He's well, ready. Big night for MLW. MLW Fusion TV tapings tonight at the Absolutely. Melrose Ballroom Absolutely. in Queens, New York. Come on. Yeah, come on down. I mean, that play. First of all, the Melrose Ballroom is is hot. Like, yeah. pro wrestling in there is happening. MLW, no stranger yeah. to the Melrose Ballroom. But you know what? There's a new champion in town, and come that's on. you. Come on, man. It's a it's a pleasure, man. You know all that hard work, but you know definitely still learning in the game. Still learning. Still soaking it up. Man, just just uh, I say this respectfully and humbly, man. Uh, you know, respectfully and humbly. I'm just proud, man. I'm just happy to be here. Don't be humble. Yeah. You're a champion. Don't be oh, humble. Man. You're not humble on TV. Man. I'll tell you that much. Man, you know, I got I carry a lot on my back when I'm out there, you know? You know, so it's good. Yeah, I mean, you, you, to an extent, you're right. You do carry a lot on your back because you're carrying the Samoan family heritage, which Absolutely. is a massive, massive dynasty to live up to. And you got to feel the pressure of that. I do. Absolutely, I do. I mean, I'm, you know, we're talking about great names like uh, – uh, man, the uh, the Wild Samoans, Alpha and Sika, all the way to Yokozuna, um, Umaga, you know, like we spoke earlier, Umaga and Rikishi, my dad's uh, brothers, uh, my father, the Tonga Kid, yeah. uh, the High Chief, Peter Mavia. I mean, man, the list just goes on all the way to right now uh, to my cousins out there in um, WWE, the Usos and uh, Roman Reigns. So, absolutely. You know, it's funny, Bully, and you're going to kill me. Maybe it would have been different if Tommy Dreamer was hosting with me today, but I have a Tonga Kid t-shirt, and I'm looking at it this morning, and I'm like, <laughs> do I wear the Tonga Kid t-shirt? You know, like his son's going to be on the, yeah. on the show. We're interviewing him. Is that too fanboyish <laughs> to wear the Tonga Kid t-shirt? Is that like wearing the jersey of somebody that you're interviewing? So I, I think- chose not to, but... I'm thinking maybe I should have. You should have, man. That would have just shown some respect to the Samoan family. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you, Lagreca? If I would have worn this shirt, you would have destroyed me on the air today. <laughs> I remember the night the Tonga Kin debuted. I would have never destroyed you. <laughs> All right, let me ask you. If I wore the Tonga Kid t-shirt, would you have been like, really? You're wearing my dad? Yeah, come on now. I mean, on a personal note, man, I mean, man, my dad, I mean, man, we got those damn shirts all over my house. I see them every day. <laughs> you know what's so. one, the cartoon character one? Yeah, you know which one I'm talking I, I, about? I absolutely, I do. You know, you got be, 12 of them, I, so you I, know. I do, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about MLW, because like I mentioned tonight, at the Melrose Ballroom, tickets still available. You want to be a part of the night, because yeah. it's going to be a TV taping absolutely. on BN Sports, MLW Fusion, each and every week on BN in sports but man you haven't been with mlw 
Only a short time. And, and I was in Philly at the uh, 2300 Arena to see you wrestle. And oh, I was yeah. Like, and I was like, man, this guy is the future of MLW. Thank you. But this quick to put the championship on you, I mean, there's got to be a little pressure on you, no? No, absolutely. You know, I mean, plans going into MLW. I mean, first off, MLW has been great. It's been great to me. It's been great not only for me, but also all for the young talent, all the young cats that's coming up, you know, because, uh, well, we got second, third generations over there, the Von Eriks, got the Hart Dynasty, you know, you got me as myself. But uh, just being there is awesome. And, uh, you know, we're not just just talking about the pro I mean, the product, though, too, but we're talking about everybody in the background, too. Like, you know, we're talking about the producers, you know, the writers, uh, this guy named Alex Greenfield, you know, who really helps me out a lot over there. But just being there with Court and, uh, you know, knowing Court history with my family you know when he first started and everything back then you know i mean just whole round i mean i feel like it's uh it's really getting us ready and just prepping us though you know uh you know just uh for the future as well just to see how everything's done like on a professional level you know so man it's, it's, it's great to be over there absolutely knowing everything that your family has brought to the table yes, in sir. this business um Myself being able to be in the ring with some of your family members. Yes, sir. And the, like I said about, you know, being part of the Samoan dynasty, what is different and unique about yourself that will be the next, the, the next evolution of that Samoan family history and dynasty? Man, for me, I'm, um, you know, like I said, just being a part of this family is already um, a lot on my back already, but uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, um, I'm, I want people to remember me for who I am and what I can do and what I brought to the table. You know, I mean, you look at Yokozuma, Uncle Yoko, for example. He was big, but man, he could move. He could move in and out. He, he set his stone. My Uncle Keish, you know, he known for doing his thing. He was also a great uh, technical worker, you know, and uh, him doing his, his dancing and everything. But um, I'm trying to set... I'm trying to I'm trying to go another direction. You know, I'm trying to bring obviously everybody know I wear the old school gear, you know, but that's really just to pay homage to my family and my father and everybody from back in the day. But I'm trying to bring this new this new school era thing, you know, that come in with my character. But it's also everything that I've been through is like how I work out there as well. You know, everything I've been through uh, within the past and, you know, just having a lot on me. Uh man, I'm just I want Man, how can I say this, man? It's a. Uh, are you bigger? Are you faster? Are you stronger? Yeah. Are you smarter? Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm a little. Uh, I'm a little agile. A little more agile than you know uh, uh, most everybody in my family. But uh, man, I'm, I'm trying to bring power, quickness, like everything you just said, you know, uh, to the game. But um, man, when when people see me, I want them to remember me, remember me for who I am, how I can work. But I also want them to respect my work. I want them to respect me, you know, like I earned my way here, not because of just oh, well, he just comes from another family and he's in there. Oh, he just got the name and he's in there. They're gonna push him. No, like you know, like I really want to work for this and be respected for what I can do in the ring. But I'm not also in the ring, but outside the ring as well you know so well bully we talk about it when we talk about pro wrestling about you know the flips that happen in, in pro wrestling and a certain style that's big right now and then you talk about the wrestlers that have size and have that you know fear factor when they step into a ring when you look at Fatu right now like that yeah. that moonsault off the top rope I mean <laughs> for a guy your size to be able to do something like that I think you bring all elements to the game right now absolutely absolutely you know uh, man the moonsault was actually crazy a lot of people don't know man uh, that's that the moonsault actually started it was with me and the Usos and the and uh, my uncle Rikishi's 
backyard. He had a pool, and uh, he had a pool, a wrestling, a wrestling ring, and a trampoline. They was all right next to each other. So man, uh, I started flipping in his backyard, man, in uh, <laughs> two thousand and like two, man. So that's actually where that came from. But not only that, nobody was doing backflips at the time, and my cousin Uso was like, they don't even do it. So you know, just even doing backflips, trying to separate myself from them, you know. Uh, Man, that's it. That's what I'm trying to do. Which member of your family would you say that you've learned the most from? I mean, obviously, it's going to be your dad's going to be a heavy Absolutely. influence. But yeah. who else in your family have you really learned a lot about the wrestling business from? Man, my uncle Rikishi. You know, uh, you know, um, being around him because I was trained out there in Knox Pro Academy in Los Angeles. Um, but um, I, there's another guy that I really consider family, and my family takes him in as well, is uh, none other than David Heath, uh, the vampire warrior, man, Gangrel. He has, man, I get goosebumps talking. I was just with him last week. But, uh, you know, when you talk about the Samoan dynasty and everything, you know, I always got to pay homage to him as well. He has a lot to do. He was actually, Keish was living in Las Vegas at the time, my uncle Black pro reno on hawaii was still running around doing his thing you know get, get, getting uh the school right but david gangrel was in there weekly with us for the first two years he has a lot to do with uh, the way i think and um you know just my explosiveness and my viciousness comes from him you know man he was actually kicking my ass though man for the first year you know but he really made me respect it you know like i touch bases like i want to go back on this like what i said earlier you know I, I learned how to really respect the business once I start actually giving it all I had and once I made my mind up, like, this is what I wanted to do. Then I understood the sacrifices and everything that my father, my uncles, and, I mean, just everybody in the business went through, you know. But I really learned how to really respect it and love it, you know. It wasn't, oh, just because, oh, I'm part of the family, I got the hood. No, it wasn't that, you know, because, really, they didn't even want to train me. Rikishi, my uncle, they, 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 nobody wanted to train me, you know, because they was like, you know, don't don't get it twisted. Don't get big headed now because who we are, don't think it's just going to be a free ride. You are going to get the same treatment as everybody else. And, you know, that's what they did. And uh, I'm uh, I'm thankful for that. But uh, David, he gangrel, man, he he has a lot to do. And I also learned a, a lot from him. When did it click for you? Because you said that once you dedicated yourself, once you understood it, when yeah. when did that when was that moment that it clicked for you that you knew this is what you wanted to do? Man, uh Man, just uh, being going through drills when I first started, being blown up. I remember when I first was hitting the ropes, I got like those little scars on my back. But, you know, just really when my body was hurt, when I was down, uh, I, I was blown up in training, like, you know, when I first started. But that feeling, man, that feeling of going, being down, ready to go, got to get ready to go home, like that feeling, I can't explain it, man. I mean, I think I heard MVP say this, like, on the show, like, man, it's just a, it's like, it's addicting. It's just a hell of a drug, yeah. man, but there's no other feeling like that, man. But, yeah. You know what really excited me, Bully? Before Fatu even turned on the microphone to be a guest with us today, he walked into the studio. He's just hyped up. Yeah. He's like, yeah, the New York busted yeah. open. Like, you can tell, like, he's excited to be doing what he's doing, excited to be champion, and excited to be a part of MLW. And it just sounds like Absolutely. you want to share that passion and intensity. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, man, I got so many. I mean... Like I said, I know there's a lot of young cats, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying young cat because, you know, I'm, I'm still learning as well, and I'm one of the young talents as well, but I know there's a lot of 
people, my a lot of cats my age that will kill to be in the position I am. And I got to be thankful, you know. I got to be thankful because not a lot of cats that love the business want to be in the business. You know, they don't have the talent that I have. And, I mean, I'm just, I'm just thankful, man, and I got to be happy and appreciate every little thing that I'm doing right now. And not only that, I have, I have a great circle. I mean, I never thought I would be here, but I'm here, you know. Yeah. But I got a great circle. It's just the beginning. I got good people like Court Brower around me. I got uh, my, my my partner, uh, one-third of Contra Unit, Joseph Samuel, you know, that's been taking care of me and looking out for me out here. I also got my family, my Uncle Keish, my father. I mean, I got a good circle. So, you know, I'm, I'm thankful and I'm blessed to have all these people around me. So far, I hear... Um a lot of respect Absolutely. and a lot of humbleness coming from you. And that become that's because of your upbringing with your Samoan family. And also from David Heath, yeah. who I think was a tremendous worker and Man. part of a tremendous, uh, you know, the, the, the brood was, a, was a great gimmick. Let me ask you this. Yes. You, you, admittedly, you're a young guy in the business who has achieved a lot of success. Do you find that other wrestlers today in your age group have the same level of respect for the business that you have or do you think too many of them take it for granted man honestly uh man i feel like some of them take it for granted you know i could just see how some some you know i go to different shows here and there i could just see and i don't want to say it's their fault but you know like david heath was telling me last week we were talking about this you know just to see how cats are young cats my age group are back there you know always complaining about this and that this and that see i was never to, i was never here to complain my role me coming from the streets i'm just here just to play my you know i tell them that all the time stop you know don't complain about anything brother go out there play your position don't try to steal the show just play your position play your role that's all you got to do now you know so yeah i feel like half of them you know like yeah they take it for granted but i feel like the other half like other cats you know they really take it just as serious as me and there is a couple of people that don't come from a big wrestling family that do really uh, appreciate and really do understand everything just like how i do well, you mentioned that. We had Devon Erics in yeah. studio yesterday. Obviously, they know what it's like to be part of a dynasty yeah, and part of it and, and growing up with that. Yeah. I mean, has that helped you in the locker room, having like Devon X? Have you been able to help them around? I know you've been yeah. with MLW a short time, but yeah. they've come in even later than you. Has it been good to have them in the locker room? Absolutely. I mean, man, we just clicked on the first day. You know, I mean, besides just beating the hell out of each other on the first time we met out there in uh, Milwaukee. But, you know, man, they remind it's just good to have them around because we're all, you know, we're in the same age group. But uh, you could just tell, feel, and just see, you know, we're, we're all three of us. Like, we're all just alike, you know, coming from the, the background that we do. But also just having the respect just for everything. You know, they never came in all big at all. We're the Von Air. No, they never did that. Like, I mean, locker room etiquette. Like, they came in, shook everybody's hand, stayed quiet, said what's up. I mean, those guys are real respectful, man. So, absolutely, it feels good to have, you know, cats like that coming from another uh, dynasty family, a part of wrestling and the business, man, to have them around. MLW has obviously shown you uh, a lot of trust, you being the MLW heavyweight champion now. absolutely do you feel like you're prepared for the responsibility of being a world heavyweight champion right now for mlw you know what i i can honestly say this and you know they might get hot or whatever but you know man this is just me being real i've been shooting straight my whole life so you know uh it really didn't hit me until after i walked backstage in uh chicago like okay 
this is it, you know. There, you know, I was just out there. That was one of the biggest matches of my life. I mean, man, it really just took off. But uh, it really, I really had to sit down after the match and really think to myself, not just after the match, but on that plane ride home, being home, seeing my children, looking around where I live, seeing my wife, and just seeing everything. Like, okay, like this is it. You know, there's a, you know, I'm 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 up right now. Yeah. There's only one way to, to 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 go now. It's either stay on top, go down. But I'm trying to stay relevant. So absolutely, man. It, my mindset is a whole nother. I'm I'm at like a whole nother mindset right now. Ever since that day, and um, I appreciate them putting in trust in me like that. And you know, Booker T said something to me a couple of days ago, uh, last month. You know, your reputation is everything. You know, so uh, just once again, I have a good circle around me. So having a cat like that, like, you know, they don't have to, but they do out of love and out of respect. And I'm so thankful for that. But, yeah, so absolutely, man, my mindset is different. It's a whole nother game. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm, 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 I'm uh, very, very happy they put the trust in me. And I want to be that guy. You know, I mean, there's no other there's no other way. I didn't want to come in here halfway. You know, if I'm going to come in here, which is I, I had to make my mind up, you know, when I was training in Los Angeles at Knox Pro Academy. Academy. I mean, man, we gonna go in just like your T-shirt say, man. We all in right now, you know. So absolutely. <laughs> uh, so wait, let me ask you this: six two, two hundred eighty-five pounds, man. Um, right? Hey, absolutely. You know, Br- brick, sh- brick shit house, right? Uh, absolutely. You know, I get tired of the goddamn announcers coming up. Hey, who's with your weight? I always tell them, "Well, you want my working weight or my real weight? Because I'm gonna give you my real weight." All right, two eighty-five. Put it down, baby. Yeah. Let me ask you this: in my opinion. The best Samoan worker I ever seen was Eddie Fatu. Man, come on, baby. And would you agree or not? I, I would. Absolutely. I mean That's not that's not taking anything away from anybody else. No, but exactly. Eddie, Eddie to me was a different level. Exactly. He combined he brought something else to the Samoan game. The mm-hmm. size, the speed, the, the agility, exactly. the power. Yeah. Would you say that you're similar to him in your working style? Absolutely. You know, I you know, <laughs> Uh, my mom, she, my, my mom's, you know, obviously she been with my dad throughout these whole years in the business. She really doesn't watch uh, wrestling or anything. But if there is one guy in the family that she respected and she was excited to watch besides my father, I mean, she's been with him. She started seeing him. You know, <laughs> it was actually my uncle, Eki Fatu. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I took a lot of things from him. And, uh, you know, he was doing the three-minute minute warning, which is, man, you guys – I still watch that match with you guys from SummerSlam, man, out there. Man, out here in New York City, man. I, I remember Devon. But anyway, man, that's, that's another story. But it was awesome. But, uh, man, he went the three-minute warning to see him. But to, to watch him go to Japan after he left WWE and came back, I mean, I, it was crazy. I mean, just his moves, uh, the way how he was placing everything, you know, within the match. And absolutely, man, I, I took a lot from him. The facial expressions, you know, uh, uh, you know, the way he throws his punches, just even when he's down in the hole, just to see how he got to hold his hands deep down in their shoulder, you know, that nerve hold, his grip and everything, absolutely. So, man, he very, you know, rest in peace to Unk, man. I really wish I had a lot more time. I know he had a lot of time with my cousin, the Usos, you know, when he was alive. And, you know, he, he got him started, brought him from Pensacola, down there to Houston with Booker. But, uh, man, I just uh, I wish he was still alive, not only for me, but for my family, for my cousins, for his children as well, just for everybody overall. So, 
man, I just really uh, it would have been cool having them see, you know, what, you know, uh, what the success not only for me but also for all my all my family as well. So. I'm legitimately getting goosebumps right now <laughs> talking about Uncle Eki yeah. because of the amount of time that I spent in Japan with him and mm-hmm. the fun that I had with him and watching him work. Yeah. And I remember in Corrigan Hall one night watching him in a singles match and just saying to myself, wow, this guy is a different breed of Samoan. Come on. He's, 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 a, he's, he's, a, he's a machine. Yeah. And uh, so um, I, I hope you have the same level of success that he did in the wrestling business. Because I think in, uh, of all the Samoans, he probably, you know, other than Rocky, yeah. he, he, you know, he, he achieved one hell of a level of success. Absolutely. Absolutely. And man, that whole pop up some more, man. Who's man? You uh, even you, man, man. You 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 was getting up there too for the pop up, man. I see you. I see you. I, I didn't have a chance to say no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It was good. I mean, everything. I mean, as you guys can see, uh, the Usos. Even uh, my cousin, the Usos, uh, Kishi has a younger son named Sefafatu out there in Las Vegas. Man, we all took a little bit of uh, of what Uncle does, and we try to uh, use it. Uh, you know, within uh, how we work today. So, man, he's a very, 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 very big um, inspiration to me, my cousin, the Usos, and all this young Usos that's coming up right now in the wrestling business. Obviously, you won that championship in Chicago, sold-out crowd, Filthy Tom Lawler. You're going to face Filthy Tom Lawler again again tonight, right? Man, he's a real tough cat. I mean, listen... Let's keep it real here. This guy, this guy was shoot fighting in the UFC. You know, he had long hair, but man, when I seen him in Chicago, he had that, he had short hair. Man, he looks more meaner than ever. Well, I was gonna say, I think he got his strength from his hair. Yeah. The last thing he should have done was cut his hair before that match. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we got a rematch tonight. Um, Melrose Ballroom. Today's Thursday, July fifth. Man, we live and direct Major League Wrestling. Uh, man, you got legends like La Parka. You got the Hart Dynasty. You got us, Contra Unit, over there. I mean, man, it's going down, man. It's going down tonight. This is one hell like, of a way to be do here. Do you feel like there's more pressure trying to win your first championship or defend your championship? I think defending it. You know, I'm pretty sure all eyes are like, okay, now what? You know, what, what's he gonna do now? How's he gonna respond? How's he gonna react? You know, is this really the right guy? I mean, we heard so much hype about him everywhere. MLW put him in his spot. Let's see what he's gonna do. And you know, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna fake the funk, man. Like it's a, it's a little, little nerve wracking. But you know, I mean, I like I said, I'm, I'm all in. So there's no other way. I'm not gonna change up anything I do. I'm just gonna keep doing what I've been doing and what got me here. You know, keep my mouth shut, stay humble, go out there, kick ass, and just stick to the script, man. That's it. Stick to the script, play my role, play my position, you know, and uh, that's the game plan for tonight. Let me uh, give you a little bit of advice. Absolutely. Take that script. Okay. Rip it up. Okay. And get over. Okay. Right on. Okay. <laughs> I, I, okay. I don't think Court Bauer is going to like hearing yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> man, he ain't got no choice, man, unless he want to see Contra Unit uh, over well, here, you know? Like, Jim Cornette, you, and I, I don't know if you heard the highlight that we were playing you know, we played the highlight of your victory over Filthy Tom Waller when yeah. you won that championship. Jim Cornette's going crazy, tennis yeah. racket in the air. Oh, my God, country unit, country yeah. unit. Oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> so, you know, darkness has fallen on yeah. MLW. I mean, But it's like you guys are dominating right yeah. now. Yeah, man, me, uh, it was crazy how we got, I don't, man, we're, we're th- all three of us. We are completely three different people. 
you know, uh, and for shoot, man, me and Joseph Samuel, man, we almost for real fought each other when we first met, you know. But, man, we end up uh, linking up, doing our thing out there in Los Angeles. Like I said, he's been taking care of me out there, PCW Ultra. And then um, we got this War Beast thing going on. But when we both came in here to MLW, you know, we got linked up with Simon Gotch. Like I said, man, we're three completely different people. But for some crazy reason... It it's really working, you know. Yeah. It's really working with us, and uh, it's just a good thing right now. Do you enjoy being in the ring with guys that work a similar style to you, or work a completely opposite style of you? Man, you know what? It, uh, I really like working with guys that work a whole other uh, opposite style of me, only because like it's helping me. It's helping me up in the ring, and it's also uh, testing me to see where my game's at. You know, like I, I mean, obviously, you know, we're trying to, we're here to work for the match. If it's a one on one match, I know it's just me and Filthy Tom out there, but really, it's all three of us, man. The ref, we're all we're gonna work together. You know, but uh, absolutely, I like working with guys that has a, for instance, filthy time. Yeah. You know, I like working with guys like that. You know, we have completely different opposites. You know, because if if I could turn, if we could turn two different styles into magic and make it pop, make it happen, and everybody be happy, especially the fans, because man, that's really who it's all about now. You know, so uh, absolutely, man, working with guys that have different styles uh, than me. I would love to work with guys that have the same style as me, but man, I see them all the time, man. My cousin the Usos. My co- I mean, you know, that's family, but absolutely. You know, a couple episodes ago on MLW, there was a fan out at ringside. It was mouthing off to you, yeah. Simon. Got, and Simon got, like, in his face and stuff. Yeah. Do you have to deal with that at all? It seems like, you know, like some of these fans can get kind of mouthy every once in a while. Man, it was just the Philadelphia fans, man, that gave me a hard time. Other than that, I'm cool everywhere else. Trash. But, yeah, man, the Philly fans. You know what? That was a real that was a real hard uh, crowd to really come about. I mean, I, you know, you was there, but it felt good after the match. You know, after the match, I think they respected it and they loved it. And, uh... You know, Tommy, Tommy Dreamer walked up to me and he was like, just walked up. Didn't even, he looked at me, but we were literally just walking by. Tommy walks up and says, way to get over out here in Philly, kid. It's hard as hell. And just walked away. And I just, I couldn't even tell him, thank you, man. You know, because he kept walking. But having Tommy come up to me like that, man, it was, I was, come on, man. That's Tommy Dreamer, man. Thank you. It was was awesome. You know what, Bully? He just did a great Tommy Dreamer impersonation. The only (laughs) thing that was missing is he didn't have food in his mouth. Now, if he would have had food in his mouth, it would have been the perfect Tommy Dreamer impersonation. What did it feel like for you being in the ECW arena? Man, it it was awesome. Man, it was, it, it was, it was so unreal being over there because i mean I'm, I'm really a big ecw fan you know my my dad and them was there my uncle samuel was there legends like yourself uh new jack i mean we was a big me the usos man we was always a big fan of the gangsters and everybody but to be there with so much history going on with so much history that has been made up in there with sabu and everybody and uh man it was it was real unreal man it really was and for that to be my first MLW show in the ECW arena, and that's something I will never forget. Let me ask you this. Uh, obviously, one of your short-term goals in MLW will be to defend your 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 championship. Yeah. Give, me, give me one very important long-term goal for you when it comes to MLW. To MLW, man, just to, uh, just to be remembered there. To be remembered, but also to play my part 
man, just work hard and, uh, man, just do my thing over there. And also just uh, show these young cats, you know, this takes it back to the question that you asked earlier about, you know, uh, the young cats my age and my age group taking it for granted just to show them, like, man, it's not always as hard as it seems, man. You know, you just got to just do your job and really just go all in with everything that you do. So being there with MLW was awesome. I, I, I know Court got some big things going on over there. And, uh, man, I'm, I, I can't wait. I'm excited, man, for the rest of the year. It's only half the year. And, you know, who knows what the hell that we got going on for the rest of the year. But I'll be with MLW for, uh, man, next year as well. I heard they're coming out there to California. And that's another thing I'm excited, too, to, you know, for them to head out there in Cali. That's your that's yeah, your stomping grounds. Absolutely, absolutely. So Do you like good. chicken skin sandwiches with heavy mayo? Uh, man, man, you know we love mayonnaise, <laughs> man. You love we know, man. Hey, and it's not miracle with baby. It's best foods, man. You know, man, we put that on pizza, uh, noodles, everything. Dip it in French fries. You know, man, man, man. We went to McDonald's yesterday and we ordered a uh, we ordered a McDouble with Big Mac sauce and asked for a mayo on the side for our fries. Everybody's looking at me disgusted. I was like, well, hey, man, that's the only that's the only thing that get me to backflip around here, man. Is that mayo, baby? You put. Wait a second. You put mayonnaise it's a on Samoan pizza? Steroid, it's a Samoan steroid, baby. It's a Samoan <laughs> steroid, baby. We not playing over here. Hey, man, I, 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 I He don't know. Yeah. He I, don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to know. Yeah. Oh, on a pizza, oh, dear oh, God. Oh, brother, trust me, man. You'll end up thanking us later. You might call Bubba later on and be like, man, brother, you're right about that mayo, man, with the fries. Man, it worked. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's there. Man, man see, obviously Samoans. you had a lot of time with my family, man. You know <laughs> A, a lot of time, a lot of time. I watched Eki beat up some people. I, I watched Eki beat up a Japanese waiter because they didn't have enough raw liver for him in a restaurant. And that's a shoot, brother. Come on. Yeah. Raw liver. He ate six plates of raw liver. I could not believe it. And yes, Dave, Samoans put mayo on Everything. Everything. And we ain't talking about a little. I'm talking about, man, it's out of control. Like, it clogs our arteries. We know that, but we still don't care. We still don't care, you know? That's the, hey, that's the real Samoan steroid right there. You know, it's funny because they're, they're obvious uh, MLW is filming this. You know, they want to get some footage. But the real footage that the fans need to see is him going to one of these New York pizzerias and putting mayonnaise on his pizza. Hey. That I want to see on TV. Hey. Oh, so we are uh, literally, when we get done here, we're going a block away from Melrose Ballroom. I've been to the pizza place, and you damn right. We about to throw some we, we about to throw some mayo on everything over there. You know? <laughs> He'll put mayo on you and eat you look right uh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I should do it now for now. I should do it now for not wearing my dad's T-shirt in here today. Exactly. <laughs> You're awesome, man. Come on, man. Hey, you know what? Hey, this is a side that nobody's seen him be before. MLW, not even Court, you know. So that's why they had to bring the camera. Let me see how this guy really is. Over I'm here, saying, man. like Court right now. If Court was in this room, I'd be like, Why are you making this guy the biggest heel in your company? He's the most enjoyable person on Come the face on. of the earth. What the hell's the matter with you? Dave. Everybody calls you a genius. You know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> the, the best baby faces are always the biggest heels. <laughs> He's right. It's true. It's true. Like her angle, man. It's true, man. Yep. <laughs> Gotta take and, and he's got the 49er hat on in New York City. Oh man, this guy are, just wants to start man, trouble. We, are, we are real <laughs> man, we real Frisco fans, man. Lots Oakland of Samoans Raiders. in San Francisco. Come on, baby. 
Um, San Francisco giant hat, mayonnaise on pizza. Uh, yeah. Glad we talked to you today. Yeah. Honest to God, I can't wait. Tonight, Melrose Ballroom, Queens, New York. Absolutely. You and Filthy Tom Lawler in the ring, the rematch. See if you can hold on to that MLW World Heavyweight Championship. Oh, and we again. will. I am. I'm, I'm going to do it for Contra, everybody all over Contra, all over the world. It's, it's, it's definitely going to get retained today, baby. No, I, I mean, I would say something completely different yeah. if, filthy, if Filthy Tom Waller was in studio. But since yeah. it's you, you're definitely retaining that championship. I think it's going to be amazing. And again, it's for MLW Fusion. Yes, sir. Uh, BN Sports, as you can see, every single week. Yes, sir. MLW is, has a lot of buzz around it. I talk about it all the time here on Busted Open. It's one of my favorite shows Absolutely. out there right now, and it's been an absolute pleasure sitting down with you. Thank you so much for the time today. Thank you. Thank you guys for having Thank me, you, man. Brother. Thank you. We really you. appreciate you. I much pre love, much respect to you and your family. Good Abs luck. Absolutely. Thank you, Wolves. Hey, man, don't forget to uh, eat some mayonnaise, man, when you get yeah. done after this, brother. I got yeah. a jar waiting, brother. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 1 156 the busted open podcast